ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We are bellied up to the bar. We have brought with us, for every man of my age, <laughs> we have probably at one point watched this woman on Rewind and watched her again. We have probably said to our friends, did you see her? We've all made these comments because at one point in time, we were all hot for teacher. We all made that comment. So we have uh, with us today, model actress activist we have with us miss laurie tucker <laughs> get you a little bit of applause gotta get you some applause in there miss yeah, laurie thank you absolutely <laughs> i pay you well for that too i think it's, and, it's hey, in all the beer you can drink it, <laughs> I'm a, hence we're at the bar you know it, it makes right. perfect sense so we're going to get ready to talk to Laurie. And Laurie, thank you for coming on with us on a Saturday night. I know there's probably way more interesting places you could be, but uh, you've no. decided to hang out with us. So we appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. It feels like eternity since I've seen you, Sean. Eternity. I, mean, I think it has been eternity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get in. Let's get the bar ready to open. Let's get everything situated here. As always, folks, let's get the mic out of the way for one second. For those of you that are watching us live. There's our big board for sticker and a cause. I probably should move the thing at some point in time, but I never do. It's it's there. But as I always say, sticker and a cause, if you've got something that you're supporting, whether it be another podcast, charitable, uh, charitable organization, you're an activist of your own in some way, and you have a sticker, reach out to us. You can catch me on Facebook, the Above the Bar podcast. Our parent network is Earplug Podcast Network, and then Everywhere else, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, they're all the Above the Bar podcast. Even our email is the Above the Bar podcast at gmail.com. Send me a message. Let me know what you got going on. I'll give you the contact information to send me a sticker. We'll read about it live here on the air. We've had a, plenty of them. Don't care what it is. Let me know what it is. As the only way we all grow is we grow together. You let each other know what's going on. Because that can't put commercials out no more. Nobody's watching that. Got to put Amen. it on social media. <laughs> Uh, the other side of this is, look, if your media feels like it's still in the 80s, a little bit of dot matrix kind of going on, and you need to upgrade that, make sure you reach out to Media by Dibs. You can catch Dibs on Facebook and on Instagram at Media by Dibs, and that's D-I-B-S. Or if you go on the LinkedIn, it's Andrew Dibble. You mentioned to him, belly up to the bar. He's going to give you a 10% discount on your first order and a free consultation. And he's going to find a way to upgrade your media. All right. All that stuff's done. It's yeah. out of the way. One last thing is for everyone who's watching, make sure you share the living daylights out of this. The goal is always the same. Try to get kicked off of every yard sale site that you have access to on Facebook. So make sure you're sharing this to all your groups, all those different people. Uh, but Miss Laurie, how are things in, on the left coast? <laughs> in the best coast? Did you say that? <laughs> I, I, I said, I said, we talked about this the other day. I was talking to somebody. I was like, I've driven from san diego to monterey and it's yes. the weirdest thing to do that because you're on the same coast the entire time yeah 
Yeah, isn't it crazy? Yeah, you like never leave the same coast. So it's very yeah. odd it, when it you is, do that. It's such a great drive from like LA to San Francisco, you know, going all through there, you know, Mendocino on Monterey. Um, you know, and they're all, so different from each other. They're yeah, so, very different. Like I think that's the biggest thing people don't know about California is when you drive from like LA to Monterey, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm still in California. It's like beach bums and hippies everywhere. <laughs> Like not Monterey. Mon- nope. <laughs> so, so we we've been hinting at this for the last couple of days, and I keep mentioning the uh, the hot for teacher. For those that didn't know it, Miss Laurie was in hot for teacher video. Like mm-hmm. who who exactly? Like because I I ended up going back and watching the video. Okay. Had to it was kind of a thing, and I'm like, <laughs> and do your I was, homework. <laughs> I had to do my homework. You know, it was a requirement. Which one of them? Which one are you? Okay, so um, I am. So I have a call sheet here. I actually saved two of my call sheets. What? To give you, you know, before you uh, shoot each day. All right. Where, you know, your location, um, what you'll be shooting, the scenes, everybody's time to be in hair and makeup and on the set. And um, so they're calling me Teacher Wanda. So I'm the detention teacher in the jail cell scene. <laughs> so uh, right after Eddie's solo and it goes into kind of black and white and dave's in the front of the cell with his you know it's the whole scene where he says i think this clock is slow um so, don't feel yeah, tardy yeah and he's laying on the floor <laughs> i'm still trying to figure out why he's on the floor because everybody else is on the the bench they have in there in the jail cell and i don't remember the director going eddie lay down on the floor <laughs> he just did it <laughs> You know, so just laying there the whole time. But um, yeah, so that was my scene. And then we also, the three of us, there's three teachers, uh, three of us in the in the video. And we are all Waldo, adult Waldo's girls in the end section. Oh, are you? Whatever happened to everybody. And so it's whatever happened to, nobody knows sure what happened to Waldo after high school. And it's us three girls. And we're kind of, you know, dressed like professionals, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah we're, we're in the in front of the purple car um with adult waldo and he kind of tips his hat with his you know the fur coat and everything yeah oh that's so, so that's the three great. of us from the different scenes now i gotta ask who spent more time in hair and makeup you or david lee roth oh my gosh because he had great hair back then he had really good hair but i have to say i i do know because we were in there at the same time I, they took a little more time. They took more time on me because I have naturally curly wavy hair. And oh, really? back then it was, yeah, was, I just torture a hairdresser for this, <laughs> but um, they, they, you know, bratted my hair out really big and then added more hair on top, like this little bit of this uh, wig, uh, not a full wig, but just some more hair and uh, to make me look more ominous and menacing detention teacher, you know? So, and then of course I had like four inch stilettos on and I had a whip because <laughs> you have to have that in detention class. You remember that class? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, it, it was more so uh, large rulers, but yes, you know, I went to Catholic <laughs> school for six years. So uh, I definitely had so you're like, familiar was, with the ruler across the hand. <laughs> uh, the One of my, our, my teacher's big thing was uh, she would draw a circle on the blackboard okay. and then tell you to put your nose in it. But she always drew it just a little bit taller than you were. Oh no, just oh, sadistic, Should, just sadistic. Mean. Like there, like it's stuff that you're like, there's no, no business for this. 
None whatsoever. So, yeah. you know, now this is a, a super iconic moment for yourself, but yeah. is this the start of music videos for you? Like, where does it all this kind of begin for you? You know, that, that's, that's a good question because uh, I had been in Europe, uh, just got back. I had been there a year um, prior. I've been there a year. I lived in Paris and then I came home for about a year and a half and then I went back for two and a half years. So I came back in 1984 okay. and um, yeah, you know, music videos, MTV came out and it was just hopping. Like everybody was doing a video. If you wanted any of your stuff to get seen, you had to have a video, you know, and they were so fun, like making little, little mini movies, you know, just take a couple days to shoot, maybe three. And um, so, uh, you know, I was a high fashion model and I was living in Europe doing that, doing magazines, um, some runway, things like that and commercials. And so all of a sudden my agent just started to give out you know, music video interviews. So it was actually, I believe the first music video interview I went on and the first one I got. So, um, you know, that was, that was cool. Yeah. We went in and had to, um, you know, cause a lot of people, um, ask, you know, Hey, how did they find you? Did they, you know, find you in a club? <laughs> right. You know, that, well, that's, the, you know, you know, those are the stories we hear from that time frame. is it was, you know, you know, such and such was was dancing in a club, or they were a bouncer, dating, or dating somebody, yeah. right? And, and then it's like, well, I was just, you know, just yeah. hanging out. Like I've been watching um, a great documentary called Fat Tuesday, talking okay. about uh, the comedy club. Um, God, what's the heck's name of the? Uh, not the comedy seller. It's it's one of the big ones out there. Left, not left, not left, not left factory comedy club. Uh, oh, um, not Brownlings, but I know exactly. What I'm talking about. Not second say this was out in in uh, California. Oh, okay, I, I can't think of the name of it, but yeah. nonetheless, but it was one of these kind of things where like the comedy like, store, the comedy store. That's it. That's Thank a big you. one. Not that's left. on Sunset Boulevard, and it's still hopping. I was just gonna say, like in in your, I mean, so so you started getting these videos. What other videos like were were, were any other that were as iconic as because really. Hot for Teachers probably one of the most iconic eighties rock videos really yeah. i mean because before then you got these they were still kind of artsy right right and people didn't quite know what they were going to what direction they were going to go in with them right yeah. and then you get david lee roth and van halen and you get this like the songs about beautiful women yeah we're going to put beautiful women in front of the camera <laughs> and this is what it's going to be because we're hot for teacher yeah well um it, you know you knew at the time you were doing, okay, so I was a huge fan of Van Halen's prior to, to going on this interview. I wasn't always a huge fan of every interview I, you know, uh, band I went on, um, but I was, I just absolutely loved them. And uh, so I was excited to even go on the interview. And, you know, we shot it and we, it was Van Halen. We knew it was going to be cool. There's no way it wasn't going to be cool. Um, but we, I don't think any of us had any idea how, iconic this particular video would end up being you know so um there was a director and of course dave kind of just started taking over directing, <laughs> and the director was not happy but you know uh dave did such a good job he knew what he wanted he knew what he wanted you know how to present themselves to the band and uh so yeah he had had a lot of say in it and um and we got something really super awesome from it so 
Um, and it feels like David Lee Roth. If the video feels like David Lee Roth, it, absolutely, it does. Has him through and through. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and and their last video they did, you know, and oh, is it the last that they did yeah, too? I don't sure think I knew so. that. Yeah, they broke up not long after. Yeah, I, I don't think I realized that. So, yeah. so you're you're doing doing this, and but now you also were in some pretty iconic '80s TV shows. Um. Yeah. Well, I I did a few things. Um. Uh. But Airwolf was really a, a fun one because you know oh. Ernest Borgnine, Jan Michael Vincent, you know, just Stringfellow. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah, I, I came home like everybody else to make sure I was home on time to watch that show, you know? So I got an interview for that. And it was really, it's really funny because my agent, you know, just gave me the interview and the casting person to see over at Universal and uh, went in and I took the sides, they call them with the dialogue on it. And I went over and, you know, memorized the best I could. And it was a scene where I'm supposed to be uh, Jan Michael Vincent's accountant. <laughs> right <laughs> and um so i go in there and do that scene and then the casting director goes just a minute and left the room and came back and said hey i know you came in to read for this but you know we really want you to do this uh we need you know two girls that are models and we're doing like it's a longer version of the show kind of like a mini mini movie tv movie and um you know would you like to do it and i was like yeah <laughs> gonna turn it down so you know that's kind of how I got that so we play models in it but it's when the plane gets shot down and we sink to the bottom of the ocean and I even get to sing happy days are here again in there <laughs> that's so great and I, and I watched that that scene because I was like airwolf like it it was now you're gonna laugh at me so my same son that we were talking about before yeah. the show started that was showing me all of his airsoft stuff yeah um we're talking on the way home from dinner and I was like yeah, she was in the show called Airwolf. And he was like, the hell is that, Dad? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like, and the only way I could describe it, I was like, it was kind of like Knight Rider with a helicopter that didn't talk. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's like, what? I'm <laughs> What's like, Knight Rider? <laughs> and he's looking at me like I got 15 heads. Like and then the I was team, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like, the, and then I explained to him, I tried to explain to him the movie Firefox. I don't know if you remember that movie mm -hmm, or not. Yeah. We're still with uh, Eastwood. And I'm like, yeah, it was a big thing. Like Eastwood kicked it off with Firefox and everybody was had like helicopter battles. And he's like, right. He's like Firefox, like, like the internet server. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no asshole. No, never mind. <laughs> like, like it was one of the, one of those moments where I'm like, yes, I remember things that you don't. I don't like yeah, you, you just take you know take for granted. I do when I'm talking to my kids, but I've educated them on, well, on music. I was going to say, I all during Christmas I made my my one daughter and I binge watched everything from Ferris Bueller's Day Off to nice. the Man Who Knew Too Little, and you know, just great Top Gun. You know, just everything through that that period, and she really loved a lot of it. You know, I did I did that with that same son. I did the yeah. um, and with one of my daughters, I was like. I need coming of age movies. And I'm yeah. the big one for me was having them sit down and watch the outsiders. Oh yeah. We watched that. How great is that? We movie? Watched that. And my daughter who's 19. She's now in love with all of them as well. I mean, look, it's, it's oh, completely wow. fair. It's completely fair. I mean, you go back and look at that movie and realize who's in that movie. And, and who directed it. Who's yeah. in it. It's just, you know, I hadn't watched it in years too. And I went back and went, 
wow, what? There's so star power amazing. in that. Yeah. Like so, that that movie's kind of like everybody talks about Bref Breakfast Club and oh, Breakfast Club had so many big people in it. Go back and watch The Outsiders. There's bigger oh, yeah. names in The Outsiders that are still doing movies today. Yeah. Out of that one, I mean, I think that's the right. first time we we see, you know, all the different actors, but now you bring up your daughters. You have, is it two daughters? Yeah. I have a 19 year old and a 23 year old and my son's 28. Now, what was that like growing up? Now you, they grew up out in California, I'm assuming. Yeah. In the San Fernando Valley. All right. So <laughs> Valley, right there. Valley girl. Valley girls. What was those kind of conversations when like, did it ever pop up? Like, did they know mom was in all these movies and, and videos or was it like, they're you watching know, the video you know, and it popped up and they're like, hey, mom, that's you. You know, I had some like memorabilia in my walk-in closet in the bedroom. I just like stuck it in on, on my wall. Some things, I was a Polaroidaholic. So I took my Polaroid camera everywhere on sets and for TV commercials. Um, the videos, uh, unfortunately, couldn't, uh, weren't allowed to have any film or anything on um uh, on a hot for teacher, which is such a bummer because I never did get a photo with Eddie. You know, there might be one around somewhere and Nils Lawsauer was the only person photographer that was, uh, that took anything you ever see from that set. It's Nils. Oh, really? Yeah. So everything from the magazines, all the kids, all that stuff. And I have, um, Neil signed one of his books for me. I don't know. You probably can't see it. Up there. Um, so we have a picture in that of Dave and the girls and I, and, um, he signed some, some other stuff, but, Getting back to that, uh, when YouTube happened, uh, you know, I remember my son going, hey, you know, I wonder if any of your stuff's on YouTube. And I'm like, what's a YouTube? <laughs> I didn't really know anything is, I'll show you. And we, I just started looking things up and there they were. And it was insane because all my stuff's on VHS. I had some things later on transferred to, to you know, DVD. Um, but even those are kind of warped <laughs> now. Like, but um yeah, so it was just a little a little awkward with the names of the videos. It's like, yes, I was in Hot for Teacher and LA Guns <laughs> Sex Action. <laughs> Roger Waters Sunset Strip. Oh, you were in Sunset Strip? Yeah, so uh I don't know if you can yeah, it's kind of well I, I see a little bit, yeah. LA Guns. So these are all my Polaroids. All these and this is the guys Tracy and Phil Lewis and I don't know it's kind of hard to see I got that ring light right in there that's so, okay yeah so I put the vinyls with it and then up above I have I don't know if you're gonna be able to see that yeah it doesn't go high enough but um yeah I did Roger Waters Sunset Strip which you know for me you know growing up and Dark Side of the Moon which was like the soundtrack of my <laughs> young teenagehood uh Absolutely love them and went to see their animals tour in 1977. And it's where you oh, like in the parking lot. And when they open the gates, you rush, you know, you race your car in and then you run across the field. And I remember uh, myself and my friend, I was with, we're just like booking it across the field. And then I've landed right in front of the stage. And then when they came out, eventually I was right in front of Roger Waters. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> God. <laughs> So um, that that was another person. When I got that interview, I was like, so I had to literally walk. As with Hot for Teacher, uh, I had to do an improv, and then the band, you know, views the videotapes and pick, picked us, and I got in the job. And then I had to come back in. The three of us had to come in separately, 
and walk into this little teeny room with two like love seats. And there's David and Eddie and Alex and Michael. <laughs> like, and I'm like, almost, it almost had to move their feet for me to walk past and turn around because it was such a small room. So that, that was a little bit intimidating, right? Biggest band in the world at the time. So same with Roger Waters. I mean, I walked in, it was him and the director and that was it. His Pink Floyd, Roger Waters. I mean. Yeah. So it was like, like I said, like seeing, you know, <laughs> so I uh, got that and it's the one where um, I have the monkey on my shoulder. Okay. And walking a dog. And then this great Dane is going behind us. He's kind of, protecting us and performs these little and the, it's a kind of a concept song um anyway but it was it's super fun to shoot and we shot on actually santa monica boulevard main street in santa monica and i had this little crop top on and these very tight <laughs> pants uh, with really high heels again and the monkeys are so just a little teeny spider monkey but they're so strong their tails are literally like hands and so it like got its tail in my eye socket once. <laughs> it was almost hanging from just putting its oh, tail. Oh crap! Yeah, and um, once as luckily they were shooting me from behind, walking across the street, and you can see in the that actual part of it, my arm go up like that because it had taken my bottom of my shirt and lifted it up in front of the two thousand people. Oh no! Lining the streets, watching us shoot. You know. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> right along with the the stylist of the, the wardrobe person thought it would be really cool. So I had lace up, they laced up in the back and she said, Oh, I just, she was English. Just, I just have to adjust this a moment. And then she cut the material out of the back of the lacing. So he got, you know, so, wow. <laughs> or MTV. So it was, a, it was definitely a trained monkey then, <laughs> but I got pooped and peed on quite a bit from the monkey. Cause they feed oh my grapes all day to keep it, you know, trained. And, um, but that was, that was really like another bucket list for me. I it was so felt so blessed to be able to do that, you know? So, and then I, of course I loved LA guns too. They were newer for me, but um, I loved that album that came out. So that, that was really fun. And I actually had such an absolute blast on that set because that video takes place in every like iconic Hollywood or LA spot. So you have, we shot at the Roxy theater. Nice. For the Rainbow Bar and Grill, we shot um, uh, in uh, Mulholland Drive. You know where everybody's crashed their cars from James Dean. <laughs> um, we shot on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Like the opening shot of the video was, you know, our feet were walking, you know, down there. Shot behind the Palace Theater. Shot downtown. Um, got to, you know, had Tracy in my car uh, driving from one uh, setup to the next. And blasting Alice Cooper in my mixtape that I made in my little sports car. Uh, this is so you know, great. And, you know, and we both just loved Alice Cooper. And But the, one of the funny things I remember is being up on Mulholland Drive or shooting. And they're doing their own video here, you know. They should be excruciatingly excited to be doing that. And they were like, man, Def Leppard's playing tonight. And I go, I know, I wanted to go so bad. And they're all like completely bummed they couldn't see Def Leppard that night because they were shooting their own video. That's wild. I, I, and I was going to, I want to ask this because I mean, you're, for those that, that are listening to this and don't quite understand, we're talking Sunset Strip when it was Sunset Strip. Was. There was nothing but heavy metal, hard rock bars yep. up and down, bikers up and down. It was, it yeah. was a rock and roll scene. 
Now was, I'm curious. I mean, I hear you. anything else really just. Yeah, it was hundreds of people on the street all the time. Every there was music coming out of every club, and there's a few clubs that have shut down since. We had Gazaris, Roxy, Troubadour. Well, Troubadour was not on Sunset, but you know somebody was playing in all these venues every night, and there were hundreds of people on the street in every little bar, restaurant, pizzeria, you know, music venue, and it was just insane. And then you know people like Motley Crue and some of the they they, they lived like right up the street alongside the whiskey, you know, so. They just like you know walk home. From, That's from just wild. Like you just didn't know who you were going to hang out with, who you were going to bump into, who was yeah. going to be there, and you really didn't know you could see the next major yeah. act yeah. and be standing right in front of them, and like it was no big deal. That's so you exactly. almost had to be there. Like it, if exactly. you weren't there, you were you were gonna you were missing out on something yeah. each time. Yeah. Now where you are now, I know this might seem odd because you're mentioning all these bands. But were you a were you a rock chick at the time? Like that term rock chick? Well, you know, my sister who <clears throat> is a hairdresser and she she did a lot of these people's hair and she did the like Ozzy and Dave Mustaine, everybody on the decline of Western civilization. <laughs> the, the uh the, you know, the thing, the the rock version, I think that's part two. Um she used to say, because I'd get her in my car with me and then I would play, you know, either Guns N' Roses or Iron Maiden or something. She goes, you're such a metalhead. That's so cool. <laughs> and she liked rock too. But, you know, I was uh, working a lot. Um, took my career extremely seriously as a job and not a lifestyle, you know. So uh, I was just working all the time, going on interviews, traveling a lot. I shot out of town a lot. So I wasn't, uh, you know, hanging around that kind of rock chick where I hung around the bar. Right. You know, if if people I knew were playing or somebody I loved was playing, I remember um, I had done a commercial with Heather Locklear um, when she was with Chachi. Oh, she was <laughs> Heather Locklear. Yeah, oh. I, I I it was a, a health spa commercial, and it was called something different in each state: it was Chicago Health Spa, Holiday Health Spa, Valleys. And uh, we spent a couple days in the trailer on set. And I just, you know, have one part where I'm pumping iron. <laughs> the show, like my legs and things and my voiceover. But we got along really good. And we had a lot of fun conversations. And, uh, you know, sometime later, I she was with Tommy. And so I had gone with my brother, Tommy, who's really tall and skinny, like, like Tommy Lee, um, to see a show of the group called Trouble. And I believe it was at the Roxy, if I'm not mistaken. And so I passed our table. I was like, Heather, hey. And she's like, hey. And so my brother and I kind of sat with them for a few minutes and talked before the band came on. And that was really cool, you know. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, yeah, you can't beat that. Run into. But, um, yeah, I did. I am, I'm a rock and roller. I, I used to love to dance. So I loved R&B stuff, you know, for going dancing. Um, and I just kind of listened to to everything. I, I come from a family of nine. I have six brothers and two sisters. And in our house, literally, and there was a big age span because we, my parents had five kids, got amnesia, forgot they had five kids and had four more. After five years. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's a five year span between the, the front and the back. So um, I'm in the second set and you know, my sister would be listening to Cream in her room and my brother, George, Iron Butterfly and my brother, Jim, all the R&B stuff because he was a dancer, loved to dance. Um, you know, my brother, John loved all the like rock and European stuff. So he turned me on to 
you know, um, Uriah Heep and Humble Pie and, nice. and everybody else too, you know, just everybody from the seventies on. So, um, yeah, so I have a really eclectic love of music as well, but I'm a, a rock and roll music lover at heart and metal. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's just so wild. <laughs> that, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm just thinking about, you know, that era in, you know, just the, all the things that you, you would have experienced in that. So yeah. now you also do some stuff, you know, you, you've done some commercials, like you said, yeah. Honestly, I did more commercials. Well, I, I modeled in print more than anything because I started when I was like 16 and a half, you know, went to, I spent three and a half years in Europe doing mainly that. And then here, so I modeled and did commercials all the way through up until the mid nineties. So, but I probably have done about, I would say 75. Oh, wow. Foreign and, you know, here in the USA, mostly here in the USA. But when I, you know, I got, we got, get booked here on some things that would play in, you know, in, in Europe or wherever. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I did a lot, a lot of commercials. I've done Coke, Sprite. I did every beer imaginable <laughs> special export. I was in one of those light up the night, you know, make a little, <laughs> so one of those <laughs> from dancing. Over I, guy. I remember those. Yeah. In uh, Miller genuine draft. It's the one that had Mississippi queen in the thing. And we have we're four girls, like on a kind of a bayou thing and the guys pop the beer and the lake freezes over the bayou freezes over and they're able to walk across to get to us. I remember those. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> So in lots of, you know, Philadelphia cream cheese, Maxwell House coffee, just the gauntlet on everything. Now, now doing, you know, so you've got print. You've, yeah. I would imagine done some runway. T yeah. Because uh, you said high fashion over yeah, in Europe. Europe so that the, the shows are, you know, the, the show seasons and they're a big deal for a couple of weeks, you know, at a time through there. But yeah. Now, uh, with that and the TV and everything else you've done, is there any of it that you're like, this is this was the one you enjoyed the most, or or, you know, because there's a lot of people out there, especially nowadays. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're, you're fine. They're 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 all just let them answer it, and you go. Why are you not watching me? That's even better. You should, really quick. <laughs> you should answer it and be like, I'm doing an interview hey, right now. Why aren't you watching? You are. Um, I'm on. A, I'm on. A Ask I'm, him why he's not watching. Bar on the podcast, so um, that, that's even better. She just told her son she's hanging above okay. a bar on a podcast. Okay. I have, I have no idea what this young man is thinking. My mom's <laughs> hanging above a bar on a podcast. What the hell is going on? <laughs> well, he actually helped me because when I went in to go into my email to do the link here, uh, um, everything was completely messed up, and I just was like, ah. So I, I FaceTimed with him, and he just told me what to do and what to click and how to. And, and how to get through it all. This is how we have so, today, Sean. <laughs> Our children. Look, trust me. I've the first time I started editing my podcast, I'm looking at this stuff going, I don't, I'm like, I can figure this out. I'm, I'm not an idiot. I mean, right? I, I led Marines for 20 years. I can do this. I can figure this shit out. And You're then badass. I'm, that's, I'm a that's badass. I can do badass. this. Like, this is just a, a program. This is nothing. <laughs> and then I'm yelling for my son, like, Tyler, get in here. He's like, what? what? I'm like, I can't edit this. And he's not even into this stuff. And he's like, click that. He click knows what this. to do. Yeah. Is it that icon over there. I'm like, oh, okay. And then it's I'm so, feeling. Yeah. It's so amazing how, because, you know, they came up with it and they weren't afraid of it. They just right. went right in clicking everything where we're like, oh my God, if I touch this, you know. Right. It's a, 
you know, I was only allowed to touch this in the library at school. Now I do it all day long. Oh, yeah. So of all the different, like, levels of modeling, and the reason I bring this up is we hear now so much music videos are kind of, I, I hate to say that they're dead. You can still see them. They're on iTunes, and you can yeah. you can and they have millions them. of views. <laughs> right. They have, like, yeah. millions upon billions of views. Yeah. But all those different forms of media that you were involved in at the time, was there one that you would say, like, I had to drop the others just to do this. Wow. That's like picking children, Sean. Oh, I'm, that's easy. Which one do you it's want me to like, do, do you want me to pick? I could do it right now. This is, this is like a between my, between my wife and I, we got eight of them. My wife and I, we got eight of them. I'll tell you which one. Which oh, one no. It's the one that doesn't live with me. He's the best because he doesn't live here. <laughs> yeah, he wins. Right? You, you win. You don't out live of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Um, uh, well, I have to say that I did really enjoy doing commercials. Uh, gosh, music videos were great, but there were not, you could not do enough. Like I was hugely lucky. I was involved in, involved with, or in like 12 videos. That that's a lot, you know, I mean, some people get are lucky to get one, you know? And so I, I wouldn't have been able to sustain a career, especially if they didn't pay well. Oh no. Uh, um, Hoffer teacher paid well because they went through screen actors guild. And so we got uh, at the time a cable fee plus the, the three days we shot and, you know, stuff like that. So we made a decent amount. I actually kept my, my pay stub too. I have my pay stub to that. <laughs> You knew what you were doing with that one. Cause that like, those are kind of things that like it's funny. Look at how dorky it was. So the payment house, um, you know, it would be like in Chicago or New York or something and they would, you know, do the check and then your agent would get it and then write you out just a check from their like checkbook. So it looked really dorky, but there's my little, that's it. That, that's your pay. That is the official know. payment. That's your receipt. <laughs> that's, that's your pay stuff from it. How much does that say? I, I framed it. Um, the the net was like thirteen hundred, but it started out at about nineteen hundred. Still though, thirteen hundred bucks for three days of work in nineteen eighty four. Thirty eight years ago, <laughs> so this was like pretty decent, you know. Like that's I mean, months but, of rent. That's months of rent. Right. Oh, yeah. My rent at the time was three hundred and fifty bucks. Right. Like maybe even not maybe three thirty something like that, but. Um, in commercials, that the amazing thing about commercials back then, especially was when well, there was a lot of them, but they, they never stopped. Um, network TV was huge. Cable just started coming in. So everything was on residuals. So if it was Ooh. all you in the commercial or it was just a flash of you, because I have some where it's all me and some where it's a couple of us and some where I have a flash of me. But if you're on screen at all, you get just as much money as, you know, so uh, every Ooh. time they play it, so it starts at a certain amount and the time they play it and it goes down, down, down to the thing. And then it starts over with the payment. So an average commercial, you would make 30 to $50,000 on. Oh, you know? shit. Yeah. And um, some of them would renew and uh, then your agent can negotiate a really great holding fees. You got holding fees every three months and um you know, whatever residuals and usage fees they wanted to negotiate for you. And so commercials were, were great financially, you know. 
I mean, so, there's actors and act. I've seen actors and actresses that like you see them on multiple different commercials, even still to this day. Yeah, and you know and, that that's all they do is they just do commercials. Yep, yep. And back then you had your you know big commercial players too. But I remember you know even top actors. I went on an interview for Tangeray. Um, Japan would pay a lot of money for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Keanu Reeves, whoever they could get. I remember Kim Basinger doing one. They'd pay him at that time like a million dollars to do a 30-second commercial for one of their products. And because it wasn't seen here, it didn't commercialize them. You know, it didn't like, you know, Keanu Reeves in a McDonald's commercial. It didn't do that to them because it wasn't even playing here. So they got all this money, as much money as they'd make on a a movie, maybe more sometimes back in, you know, considering the pay back in that day. But yeah, I remember... um, doing a commercial interview for Keanu Reeves for <laughs> what? Yeah. Go in with all the, the clients from Japan and, you know, that was on the callback and I didn't get that one, but yeah. So commercials were a big deal. Now everything has changed so much. Um, you don't even have to be union anymore. There's a lot of non-union stuff. There's so much medium, you know, you got the, you do have TV, you have cable, you have internet, you have, you know, social media. It's just insane. And so they're trying to get, a, you know, rid of residuals. I still do some print and commercial work and it, it just pales in comparison to the old days. You know, it just pales. It's so, so different and so changed. So it's, you know, mostly Nate, a side gig for me. <laughs> just, now, now my buddy Nate has joined with his every show question. And I think it's a very valuable question. What was your favorite food you like to eat after? And we'll just say after any of this stuff, whether it be a video, whether it be a modeling shoot, anything, what was the go-to meal for you? I can tell you exactly. This is the best thing. (laughs) I can't say many people are like, I don't know what you mean. I'm like, you eat, Uh, don't you? I I was not one of those models that, that, oh, I don't want anything. I didn't, you know, to eat. Can I have um, water I ran, in like, grape? Six, six miles. I, I, I exercised a lot, but I was just like really lucky and naturally like, skinny, you know? So I didn't have too much of a problem with, with eating. But um, after everything, I would go to Taco Bell and I would get a, it really like an enchilada without the meat. So it was basically a bean and cheese burrito with the red sauce all over it and then the cheese. And I had sour cream and then, or it was Del Taco with bean and cheese burrito, extra cheese, sour cream. But I've been vegan for almost eight years now. Okay. (laughs) So I still can go there and um, get, you know, beans and all that. But I, you know, a lot of the places have, you know, vegan cheese and vegan. So I I still get the comparable stuff. Um, You know, they got Beyond Meat tacos and you know, all, all these places, especially living in LA, it's so easy. Everybody's got them from Burger King to Carl's Jr. to all the restaurants and tons of vegan restaurants out here too. So, yeah. so I have a, a, my oldest daughter's a vegan, my oh, youngest okay. daughter, my youngest daughter's a vegetarian, Okay. Um, kind of leans vegan, but, but she's not afraid to like, you know, if it's got milk in it or egg, she's not going to turn it away if it's, if it's an option. Yeah. Uh, but the older one is, is pure vegan. And yeah. I find myself because <laughs> I I eat vegan, but it's mostly the deer that walks past my stand. The, you know, that's what I tell them all, but they're good about it. They understand. But I find myself a lot of times looking for those options for them. We were just at a Polish restaurant that we really like. Oh. And they actually had like vegan kielbasa. 
on, on the menu. Right now. They, really they really do. And it's, I, it's so much easier than even just a couple years ago. Oh, and, and I had uh, the other day, we had a new restaurant they just added in my office. I really love jackfruit. And they do oh, a, a yeah. pulled jackfruit sandwich. Ooh. And I'm like, and I tell people all the time, I promise you, you wouldn't know this sandwich is any different because of the texture and the meatiness of that jackfruit. So um, now that's got me curious though. I, I know my daughters were always kind of leaning that way. Even my, our youngest son, who's uh, four, it'll be five in a month. Mm -hmm. He's loves vegetables. Like he's the kid that We'll buy, we'll buy the bag of the little peppers, the little sweet peppers. Yeah, my kids love that too. He'll eat the bag raw. He'll eat yeah. the whole bag raw. That's and it's awesome. like, it's like, kid, give me a break here. What was it for you that pushed you into that? I'm just curious. Yeah, well, um, I started working in kind of two things. I started working in, uh, I was volunteering with St. Martin's Animal Foundation. And Sky Valencia is the founder and I got involved with her. And I actually, she asked me to do an anti dog fighting campaign. Um, and, you know, just, we don't just rescue dogs and cats. We were rescuing chickens and, and, you know, donkeys and cows and pigs that have like fallen off the slaughterhouse trucks or were, you know, somebody had them and they just neglected or abused them and left them on the road or whatnot. So, you know, here, you know, told the story before, but, you know, had this chicken that, you know, had been just like totally neglected and it's all feathers were hanging off and it was really sickly and, you know, on death's doorstep and nursed that thing back to health and until it was just all this little, you know, holding it and they're so cute. They're like snuggle with you, you know, <laughs> and then I, you know, go over to, you know, Chick-fil-A and get a chicken sandwich and it just finally clicked in my head, you know, just clicked in my head. And that's when I started to, um, you know, put it together. And I had a, a trainer at the time that was a vegan guy and he was never sick. And he was always in really good shape. And he was 30 and he looked like he was 19. I swear to God, I thought he was 19. <laughs> when he told me he was 30 and my jaw dropped to the ground. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I started, you know, watching all the slaughterhouse videos because that's what it takes. And there's a few videos. So for, for I think the three pack is, you know, you were just talking about your son eating, eating vegetables. So mm -hmm. growing up, our, our parents are like, eat your vegetables, eat your vegetables. And then your child becomes vegan and like, oh my God, eat your meat. You know, don't eat vegetables. Right. <laughs> so, so it's, you know, it's, it's just animal farming and all that. It's I just, agree with you there. Not good I don't for like it. Not good for your health and not definitely not good for the animals. So, you know, that just kind of clicked and that's what keeps me vegan because you know, if we do it just for our health and it has great health benefits, I went off four medications Oh wow! within six months to do with even weird things I wouldn't even have thought and had things heal on my body that I didn't think would heal. Like, you know, but, um, just, uh, but you feel better for it and, so and, and you, feel better. you know, you feel, you, you align your ethics with your, your actions, with your ethics, you know, once you, because once you know and you make that connection, then you go to eat it and you can't turn back. But I was going to say, health-wise, we all have those days where we just don't care about ourselves. You know, we're just like, eh, I'm going to have a rack of ribs and I'm going to have a slice uh. of cheesecake and I'll get back on that tomorrow. You know, I'll go back to the gym. But if you think about the animals first and what they truly what they truly go through and standard practices here and 
all over the world and UK and Australia, everywhere. They're, they're pretty terrible. And, um, you know, live in terrible conditions and all that stuff. We know so commercial, for, commercial farming. It, yeah. For... So, we, you, you know, but it's so funny because a lot of times, um, if we're at dinner with people that I, you know, people I know, people I don't know, and I have a lot of vegan friends and non-vegan friends and, um, they'll be like, Oh, I only get my meat. There's a farm in Nebraska. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Walk around on the grass all day. And the I love chickens, you. I'm like, I don't think that cow gave two hoops what it ate that day before you get hung it upside down. <laughs> but anyway, I love the you know, voice you're I'm using. Like, well, where did you? She goes, and I just eat local. Like, local? What does that mean? It's oh. all marketing. <laughs> Oh, I love so that kind of thing just makes me laugh like local <laughs> grass oh, bed, you know. I love the voice you used. There's always a fantasy farm somebody's telling me about, and I just be like, they, I, I eat this meat. And I said, Oh, so when I went with you to Applebee's last week, that chicken sandwich you had was that from that farm oh, <laughs> or that steak you had, you know? So there's just some things that are funny, but you know what? I don't judge because I, that was me, right? You, you did it, yeah. you know, you know, you know what I mean? It doesn't. And, you know, yeah. That sounds like such a California statement, though. Well, like, so I only eat my <laughs> meat from a local grass-fed. Uh, the gentleman actually doesn't even clip his own toenails. <laughs> he right. allows them to grow and uses them to plow the fields for the yeah. animals. Yeah. Like, that that's what I Just hear. Just the time legs. And uh, they get mani-pedis constantly. In their constantly. Constantly. And then they put a bullet behind their ear and it's yeah, fine. It. And then they electrodes and the <laughs> Oh, that's so great. I love the but fact yeah, that you did so, that voice. So that, that's, that's what keeps me vegan. So I don't, I'm not a Cheegan. I don't cheat. I and like my, that my Cheegan. <laughs> Cheegan. That's a new one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my son's vegan and my one daughter's vegan. And my other daughter um, was vegetarian, but she's, she's 19 and she's going, you know. She'll figure, Whatever. she'll figure yeah, out. You know, it's funny because she is a cancer survivor. Oh. And uh, she, when she was very, very young, and then she was having a lot of stomach issues, like really bad stomach issues. And we were going to the doctor and going to the doctor. She didn't go out of the house for months and was in constant pain. And then it turned out she had a precancerous polyp in her colon at 15 years old, which- oh God you know, from Children's Hospital, Los Angeles and the GI doctor. And so they, they were all like, we just don't see this in kids. And in, in you see this in people that have eaten basically meat all their lives at 60 or 70 years old, get this, you know? Um, so they said, you know, they, they usually don't, you know, they, they, they diagnose you and they cure you, but they usually don't try and talk about causation unless you're smoking cigarettes and you have lung cancer then they'll go yeah i shouldn't have smoked cigarettes but they they all said you know meat is the number one cause of colon cancer because it's it all the antibiotics and everything else it gets gets stuffed into them in there go. and it's yeah, for, yeah it's it, anyway yeah so she you know that in itself made her go okay so she had a surgery to have that removed she has to have colonoscopy is a little sooner than the average person and at her age um hopefully it never comes back but um right. she was vegan for a couple of years and then you know i think during covid just i think we were all eating our our feelings <laughs> listen the smell of a good, <laughs> the smell of a good set of three two one ribs i mean it'll change your life i make pretty amazing ribs but well you know now, i always say it's all about the flavor because 
would you eat? I mean, some people would, but I would never eat a steak or a piece of chicken that was cooked in nothing. In nothingness, no butter, no garlic. Yeah, no, no. It's so dry. Well, so for the, me, yeah, I'm no, a sauceaholic. If I had chicken, it has to be smothered in barbecue sauce. If I eat, you know, ribs, right. same thing. Um, oh, a hamburger, ketchup, and mayo. Like, it just has ketchup to and mayo. Interesting. That's that's <laughs> Wendy's. Wendy's <laughs> is ketchup and mayo. That's how I always kind of like equate those things. Like McDonald's ketchup and mustard. Wendy's ketchup and mayo. Burger King mayo. We don't have good. You guys have better fast food than we do. I have to show you something. You're going to die. So, um, you know, when you're vegan, people are always like, Oh, uh, you don't know what you're missing. I'm like, yes, I do. (laughs) I eat stuff all my life. Or, you know, uh, I just got to show you this. So McDonald's growing up, we ate it all the time. There's a lot of crap in it, but (laughs) we all did (laughs) watch Jim Gaffigan. He talks about McDonald's. He laughs so hard. So a place opened up here called Mr. Charlie's. And it's kind of a vegan McDonald's. So you get, I got to show you this. Real yes, quick. please grab, grab it. We're, for those of you that are still hanging out with us, please make sure you share this to all your social media. What, what do we got here? So what this we, place is, this is the frowny meal. Oh shit. Instead of a happy meal, they have a frowny <laughs> and meal. And here's their French fry container. <laughs> Mr. Charlie's frowny meal. And it's a little teeny place just for takeout in, in Hollywood. And, but They've got that the, the burger down to tasting like a McDonald's burger, except there's no polycrylamide in the buns. <laughs> it's 19 ingredients in the and you know with McDonald's, they they soak their french fries in beef juice before they flash freeze them. So they're not even vegetarian. So I couldn't eat those at all after. But um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they don't want that. I don't want that out. There's a you should look up on YouTube and just type in 19 ingredients, McDonald's French fries. It's pretty. Well, I always remember watching uh, what's the show? The one uh, Super Size Me. Super Size Me. And if you watch the if you got the DVD and you watch the extra and he does does the French fry test, that's the one that'll really blow your mind. And it was he's like, there's nothing scientific. I just put the stuff underneath a piece of glass and saw what had happened. All of the different ones started to rot until you got to like the fast food and like McDonald's French fries looked exactly the same after 30 days. You don't think about it when you clean out your car and there's some underneath the seat. And you're like, <laughs> for two years, yeah, like that bitch still looks the same. I could, I took one of my daughters, uh, I think it was one of my daughters to a nutritionalist when they were a little younger. Um, it was just offered as a part of a thing. She had a McDonald's cheeseburger on her desk. She said she's had it for 15 years. And it's, you know, hard as a rock, but it's not disintegrated. It still it, looks like a McDonald's cheeseburger. It still looks like a McDonald's cheeseburger, if that tells you anything. So oh, that's gross. Serious. So this place is kind of, it's really cool because, you know, you go in and, and they give you the meal has a cheeseburger that tastes like that. The fries are pretty, they're really close, really darn good. And then they have four nuggets, you know, faux nuggets. And oh, you get so a great. bottle of soda or water, whatever you want with it. But uh, when I was there the first time, there was these... These guys looked like they were on a basketball or football team and they come in and they got their stuff. And, you know, <laughs> you see these really big athletic, like 25 year olds, like six foot four, each of them, like going down the street like this. <laughs> Just as happy as could so be happy. with their, with their Mr. Charlie sad meal. <laughs> it looked so fun. I wish I could have videotaped that, but so, yeah. So. 
That's see, and and I can see, you know, and for those of you that aren't watching the the live version, if you go back on YouTube and watch this, or yeah. please go look up Laurie Tucker on uh, her Instagram. I just realized we weren't running this. Let me fix that right quick. Her Instagram is at Tucker T U K T U C K E R underscore Laurie L O R I. Go give her a follow and everything. But I'm gonna tell you, there must be something to it because you don't look like you're past thirty at this point. So. You're you're doing you're doing pretty good with whatever I you really got there. Pay you well for that, <laughs> Look, the check keeps <laughs> clearing. <laughs> the check keeps clearing. I'll keep saying it. But I mean, sweetheart, you you're a beautiful woman that obviously doesn't look like she's had three children and you know all these different things you're talking about. But that brings right. me back to the other side of this. You have I've saw you know we're friends on Facebook. I've seen your your kids are beautiful kids. Thank you. Any of them do any of the modeling or any of that or just you? My daughter, uh, Darian and Trinity, um, had worked with a particular designer once they had asked them to do um, a photo shoot with them. And uh, we do some fashion shows together for a boutique owner in our area. And um, when we were doing that, there was another person there uh, that does jewelry. And she asked my youngest daughter to do some jewelry photo shoot with her. So... Um, and my other daughter too, for somebody else's jewelry, but they, they don't have agents and go out and do that kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, Trinity just finished high school and she wants to take psychology or, you know, be a vet tech, maybe <laughs> one of the other daring wants to do, um, go to cosmetology school and do hair, you know, I look out there. I have a cousin, she's in San Diego and that's what she does is hair and makeup out of San Diego. Yeah. And she does yeah. a lot of the uh, people that go to San Diego comic-con. She's, oh. she's at that level. That's awesome. And she, yeah. like she, every time I turn around, she's on vacation somewhere and her money, <laughs> her, money is, oh, her money is cash. Like, because yeah. of the level that she's at, she, she's like, yeah, I, I'll be out in you know a week. I'll just work this week and use this week's money for that because I'm <laughs> I'm gonna make stupid money and she's amazing at that stuff. That's but awesome. yeah. Now I have your, a lot of hairdressers in my family. So <laughs> now your kids are kind of I don't want to say protected, but you've gone through and seen the the oh, yeah. the dirty and the scuzzy of that business. And yes. I, I'm not gonna get into it, but I imagine that you've. I had the hen, well, the uh, Weinstein's in in your world before th that have tried all that. Nothing on that level. I had I had a few experiences, but um, you know, I was really lucky to be with legitimate agencies, you know, and going on legitimate interviews for print commercial. But there's always going to be somebody. I remember when I was younger, and uh, there was a magazine that popped up out here. I think I was still like sixteen and a half. And my parents drove me in their 1960 Dodge van. Nice. <laughs> that we had to primer. The you know the the, the engine was like in the <laughs> console. <laughs> like what? Here you had to primer the pan here. Like I mean that it was it was crazy. But anyway, um, they took me. They were literally waiting outside the whole time I did a, a test shoot for this. For the never went in the building. So they didn't go in. Oh, so you never do that. I think I'm there by myself, and he starts to do you know get a little funky. And I said, Oh, wow. What time is it? My folks are downstairs. And he just like jumped out of his skin <laughs> and he goes, Oh, your, your, your family's here. And I'm like, yeah, my mom and dad are downstairs waiting. Um, and you know, in, in Europe, I remember having, uh, being on hold for a really big fashion photographer who was from France, but was big in New York and had come back to Paris to shoot some stuff. 
And he had put me on hold for a four day shoot, which would have been amazing. My agent was so excited. And when I was on the interview, uh, the, his assistant was an American guy, you know, from New York. And they're like, Hey, we're all going to go to such, such time. You got to go with us. Okay. So, you know, I went, there was like a four or five of us, but then, you know, he made moves that I didn't accept. And then I, I got taken off all the, God, I didn't get the job, but you know, it was really few and far between that. I I didn't. And that was what I was going to ask you. That really terrible stuff. Is a lot of parents. We think, Oh, my kid's the cutest kid in the world. I want to go do this. And I know one time I even with one of my sons, we were like, well, maybe we'll, we'll look into this. Cause you know, you used to have the modeling thing at the mall, yeah. like, Hey, come show up. And it wasn't until a friend of ours who was a, a financial guy who was like, I deal with a lot of these people, a lot of these models and these agencies. He, he was in that level. And he's like, yeah. he told us, he was like, Murph, if they really like your kid, they'll pay for the headshots. Right. Don't pay for them. Yeah, and that was a, for your own headshots. And that was for classes. That was what mom. I was gonna ask. That's what I was gonna ask you is like, what are some of the advice that you would give? Because because now again, I can go online right now and tell you I'm an Instagram model. You want to see my toes? I mean, it, it's it's, it's just not, not the same. same thing. Well, I just was uh, going on an interview. They just started to have them in person again. Uh, we had to self tape, which I wouldn't even hire me on the lighting. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, don't hire her. Look at that. Um, but uh, we, this one, we find that we're going in, in person. And when you get in, some of the, you know, the products, the companies will have you answer things. They actually do want to know your, um, like your Instagram or your thing. Mm-hmm. And then they ask you, have you ever posed nude, partially nude, blah, 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 been in any videos nude? Um, because that's a professional company that has ethics and they're legitimate and they're real and they pay good money and they don't want somebody to do their commercial. And then they find out they're on, you know, Instagram, Instagram with their butt out, you know, I mean, it's just, that's not a model, you know, if they want somebody legitimate, you know, to represent their product. They don't want their product associated with stuff like that. So, you know, that's the difference. So, I mean, you know, with anybody starting out, I would say definitely, you know, just really look at it as a business because that's what it is and not a lifestyle of, you know, partying and stuff, you know, keep it, keep it professional. I always shook hands when I came into a room, the clients and everything. I actually, when I went in to see the, you know, the Van Halen guys and I was in a two piece bathing suit in that little room, I walked in and I shook Eddie's hand and I shook, <laughs> shook you know, everybody's hand. And they're like, Oh, I don't think anybody shook their hand before. See, and that's that's a difference, and, and that's what I was curious of is because it's such a, you know, yeah, it's different than from today, but I think what you're saying is legitimately needs to be heard by people that have that thought like, I'm going to stick my ass out on, on Instagram and I'll get a million followers and yeah. everybody will like me, and then I'm going to get this real modeling deal. Yeah, and you know what? No. They do have a lot of following. They get sponsored on things. You know, more power to you. Go do it, but – a legitimate company may not probably will not use you, you know, yeah, unless you just a huge star like Kim Kardashian and does whatever. And then they pay you millions because you already have a trillion followers and they don't have to do any work. You know, <laughs> well, that's the other thing to it now is, is how much of that is, is, is a big part of a lot of it where I don't have to groom this person to be known. 
Right, because they already are. They oh, you already. I was talking to my my wife about this. Um, your kids are are older, but Ryan's World. I don't know if you know what Ryan's World is, but this is a little boy who started off opening toys. I and, do, and he's worth. 25 million or something. He, he's like the wealthiest of all of them. And it was interesting because the company that he's on and I, I don't think they're going to, they're going to want me on their network. So I'm okay with it called pocket watch. <laughs> I'm like, wow, they're geniuses. They have figured out that I don't have to do anything. Let me figure out who the hottest kid on the internet is right now. Mm -hmm. I'll offer you a deal. We'll put a together a little TV show. Right. And when you're no longer interested and cute anymore, we'll cut you loose and we'll find the next one. That's but it. I don't have to do any work to get you famous. You already yeah. did it because you already did it yourself. And that's, you know, the beauty of the Internet is, you know, people like bands and musicians and singers and stuff like that. They didn't have to. You had to have a radio play your demo or you. That was it. You know, um, so now people can use these platforms to get their music out there, which is awesome. You know, a lot of people are doing doing really well and not even having a record label, you know, that's doing crazy. concert touring, you know, all that's the, the great part about it. And yeah, people are making a lot of money on YouTube and Instagram and things like that. And like I said, more power to you. That, that, that's awesome. But it is like, it's a factory and it's just, you know, even, even modeling and TV and all that, that's a factory too. Eventually you, you, <laughs> on to the next, the next model. That's what I was going to ask you is, do you feel like you would, uh, today, still go into that field like if you had the opportunity well um i have an agent and i do um go on some interviews and things not like before i would was on interviews every day you know but i mean would you day. start off like if you were young today oh i see what you're saying um like would it be an industry that you would still recommend like if you could talk like flipping script you're young today and you knew what you knew would you still say i want to go into this industry or would you be like Nah, there's something I would else. still go into it back then, but I wouldn't go into it now because it's a whole different thing. I get yeah, it. I would not recommend going into it now. I just wouldn't. Just doesn't feel right anymore. It, yeah. I mean, you really have to be, even with Screen Actors Guild, you, it, it's, it means something if you're already, uh, you know, got a TV show going or on Netflix thing, you know, if you already made it, you know, that's that's that i i just it's well, hugely saturated because now online you can go on things like casting networks and a couple of the other things where you don't even need an agent you just get these interviews you put all your info in and these, these will pop up and then you submit yourself and if the casting agent wants to see you so you don't even need an agency so um it's better to have an agency and you're you know considered more legitimate in that aspect but um maybe i should start modeling you should just look at this face <laughs> face yes. right here. You got looking, the look. You got the look. If you need somebody with a good skunk beard, looking very way older than you should be, I can do this for you. And and I got the voice to go with it, you know. You do. We can, we can do Definitely. This. You're in the right field. If you need that, if you need that silky smooth mid-Atlantic sound that I can't pronounce letter T in anything that I say, I'm your man. Atlantic. When, Atlantic. <laughs> you know, it's, well, my kids get on me about the way I say things. I don't remember what the last one was. They they harass the daylights out of me. They're like, oh, "What did you say, I, Dad?" I'm like, "I'm like, I don't know. That's the way you say that." And he, they're like, 
Say it again. It's a, <laughs> I, want to hear I, it. I have a bad Baltimore accent. And this is this is like it's fade sometimes. Like yeah. the one for me is you've heard the term sneakers before, right? And you know the the term you may have even heard the term tennis shoes before, right? Yes. It's not what we grew up calling them. What'd you grow up? Tenor shoes. T-E-N-N-E-R. Tenor shoes. That's tennis shoes in Baltimore. It's called a pair of tennis. Where's your tenor shoes at? <laughs> Where's tenor shoes? That's my tenor funny. Shoes are my, my dad was from... Uh, oh, that's right. Your parents from, from Maryland. Yeah. And my mom, Maryland. So they had little ways. They didn't... My, funny enough, my mom didn't have... Because she you know, was born in Virginia. And her parents were from Tennessee. And they had the Tennessee accents. It's my mother's so, family. You know, it's amazing. My mom didn't have a real accent going on at all but she did she get she talked what i thought was normal and then she'd get on the phone with her sister and go i say i say sister (laughs) where did that where the hell did that come from yeah i'm bad (laughs) about it that way so we're gonna get ready we're gonna close the bar up it's it's about that time okay as i will tell everyone make sure you can find miss laurie over at uh at tucker t-u-c-k-e-r underscore laurie on Instagram, make sure you go ahead and give her a follow. She's got great pictures that pop up, great stories that pop up. My, I'm the only important podcast she's been on, but she's been on a few other ones. I guess you could say you could find her on some other folks. I watch those too. So make sure you go and you 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 check Miss Laurie out here. Um, if you're in, if for those of you that are joining us and, and watching, make sure you're following us on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn. Once the audio goes out tomorrow morning, make sure you're. You're following us on all your uh, platforms that are out there. Make sure your kids are following us, your neighbors following us. Make sure you take somebody's phone if you're riding on the bus. Go ahead and scroll through their phone and put it on there. They'll appreciate you for taking their phone. Trust me, <laughs> nothing bad will happen. Not in today's I world. I promise. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, yes, the second Tuesday of next week, I will provide that in writing. Awesome. Just just wait on it. Uh, any any. Any gigs, appearances, things that you're going to be involved in that are coming up? You do all the, and we didn't even get into the animal rescue stuff. Beautiful yeah, picture. I, um, I posted you know, the I, one pit bull picture because that was a- Yeah, Saint Mar- her, my um, Sky Valencia is known as the pit bull princess. And so she's uh, um, got St. Martin's Animal Rescue. And uh, I do some work with St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital for my friend Patrick Warburton, who is, um, you know, putty on Seinfeld. And I'm gonna say I know that name. Yeah, he, he's he's Joe from Family Guy, Kronk, and in the Disney movies, Kronk's New Groove, and you know. Oh, really? I didn't realize uh, he did that. Putty one. on Seinfeld, and he was in Rules of Engagement with um, David Spade and Oliver Hudson. He's just been in, and he's a million voiceovers. I mean, he's just the voiceover king. If you look him up, you'll you'll see. That's so he has an amazing St. Jude. He and his wife Kathy have a St. Jude, and we just did our uh, the big yearly Warburton Celebrity Golf Tournament and all that. But you know, St. Jude's is an amazing hospital. Um, you know, no parent has to pay a dime and, you know, for anything. And my daughter was treated at Children's Hospital Los Angeles, thank God, and they saved her life. But I watched people go broke. <laughs> you know, I watched people lose their houses, lose their jobs. And at St. Jude's, no parent has to pay a dime for housing, food, anything, you know. So it, it's an amazing charity. So go donate there if you can. Um, they've got lots going on. Uh, yeah. You're a busy lady. You're Yeah. <laughs> You're, you're definitely busy. 
Nobody, and a lot of live shows lately because supporting my friends that are in bands, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I got, I miss, I miss a lot. I, my wife and I, I'm a live music guy. Yeah. I love live. I can yeah. still remember. I think my first concert, mm-hmm. I think it was my first, yeah. was the Thompson Twins. Oh my God. That was one of the first CDs I owned. Yeah. $30. I, <laughs> I, I it was the Thompson twins. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen like, like I tell people that concerts I've been to and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I saw the Thompson twins. I saw Sepatora and uh, oh, ministry. Yes. Uh, I've been to Belinda Carlisle and I've been to the, to the, uh, uh, the OJs. I've seen Eddie money. I've seen oh, yeah, like, like the, the weirdest thing. And then like, this summer, my wife's like, I know you don't like country music, but I want to see Chris Stapleton. I'm like, yeah, I'll go see him. I'll see him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty all in for just seeing live music. It's yeah, just I love it. Always I, good, good experience. And, uh, I, I'm definitely going to tell you, I'm a little jealous that you 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 got to catch that Sunset Strip. Oh, my God. Hard rock. Like, that's that. I'm that's yeah. I'm going to tell you, I, I got a lot out of this conversation, but that's one of those things I'm going to tell you. I'm a little jealous that you. <laughs> Cause I think back to like, that is hard rock. It is. It's like just the OG, you know, Yeah. there was so much energy in the music, the clothes, the, the, you know, the, the shows, it, everything was just on fire, you know? Ah. And uh, right now I think, gosh, one of the best things going on is uh, whiskey a go goes, um, ultimate jam nights on Tuesdays, every kind of artist from every kind of band from somebody from the bullet boys, somebody from quiet riot, somebody from this, from that, you know, just the best drummers, guitarists, bassists, singers come. And then they jam. I just went to one the other night. It was a British, British rock theme. They had a salute to Eddie, Eddie, um, uh, Eddie <laughs> Van Halen. Oh my yeah. God. Eddie Van, Eddie Van Halen for British rock. I don't, I don't think. Yeah. That. And the rainbow bar and grill just had their 50th anniversary. That was insane. That was amazing. You know, that was, they're, they're fabulous and they're going to have their backyard bash coming up. So you need uh, to come so up cool. for that. You and your wife. I, I, I need to come at, look, I need to go. I keep telling my wife, I was like, we'll just quit our jobs, throw the kids <laughs> in the, throw the kids, the kids that are of age in the back of the RV and we'll just yeah. go cross country I want to go to Houston so bad. I want to go to Austin. Oh, uh, I got a, great, yeah. I got a buddy in Austin. Uh, a, a buddy of mine I've met through here. Isaiah is the current drummer for black flag. Oh, wow. So it, and he's just, he's one of these guys like, Hey, who are you drumming with today? And he'll tell me the band and he'll be like, I'm like, let me look. I don't even know who that is. And I'll look it up and it's like, Oh, this is a psycho psychedelic punk band. And he's like, yeah. And then I'll look it up again. And I'm like, who are you drumming with? Oh, I'm doing stuff with Black Flag. I'm like, that doesn't. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm with Macy Gray on this album. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, he's just, he's, he's an amazing drummer that kind of fills in. I wouldn't call him like a studio drummer. Right. But, but he, he, I have friends like that. They're in a few different groups or right. somebody needs somebody. And that's it. You know? like they pick up the phone and they go, Isaiah, what do you got going on? He's like, Nothing. What do you need? Yeah. Hey, we need you to play this and we need you to be here. Can you be there in a week or two? Right. Yeah. Let me take a look at the music. Right. All right. I'll be there. And he just. 
He's and, that you know, guy. it's really the fun thing about this business, actually, like, you know, TV commercials, whatever. It's like, it's not the same thing every day, you know, being a musician, you, you know, different gigs, different things, it ends, and it's just never a dull moment. And so that's really kind of the fun part about it. You know, that's so awesome. That's great part about it if you're, yeah. Well, don't log off after this because I need you to stick around for just a hot minute with okay. me because I got to talk to you about one quick thing. Okay. Um, as in every show that we do, the guest always gets the last word. So what is the final word from you there, Laurie? Oh, my goodness. Um, peace out, guys. <laughs> All righty, folks. Be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.